Welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Mir Malik Four. And today our journey takes us to Sandman number 54, part of the World's End series. This is the issue about Prez, the first team president, written, of course, by Neil Gaiman with art by Mike Allred. Uh, I know Pete, there's a lot of mixed feelings about this issue, but th this is probably my favorite issue of the entire Sandman run. Mm. I really enjoyed it. And I actually found myself. Yeah, tell me why you tell me what you enjoyed about it. Well, first and foremost, I'm I'm a little bit um with Sandman, I've only read the first two trades, and mostly because the first trade was really hard to get to until I got to issue eight, which is my favorite, which is probably that's like the you know, that's like the Beatles of of the issues for Santa, everybody loves them, you know, yeah, everybody gets the best one. And I know I'm like being mainstream, uh, but that 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 issue is just so moving and it just like kick, kicks the the, tra the Stanman into a different gear. I just haven't had a chance to read the rest of them. Um, so I loved it because I came on board here though, because of Allred, because he's one of my favorite artists. Like, I don't care, like, you know, I don't care. I just think he's awesome. I think he's a, I also think he's a cool guy. I, I like everything about Mike Allred. And uh, one thing that I don't like about this issue that it does not feature Laura Allred, the mm -hmm. other half of that team that's like, that has made me want to, you know, have them as one of my favorite duos. Um, no disrespect to the colorist, Daniel Vazo. And I think this was also, you know, a time of like a different coloring scheme or whatever. But I just, I love the art. I, I think, I don't know um, if, I think I read somewhere, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I believe Neil Gaiman asked Allred what he wants to draw. And I think Allred talked about, like, he talked about that he wanted, you know, maybe he said Perez or he said some character, some DC character. And so he incorporated um Perez into an issue um but yeah the art's amazing I think it's and I love the fact that Perez is very similar to I don't know he's he's like a Jesus figure I mean I'm not yeah. I, I don't really know too much about Jesus but he's didn't he die well maybe but he dies when he's 33 right mm -hmm. um so I love that I, I really enjoy that part where he's like and I love his character, you know, like he's got so much honor, like, you know, and I love it, you know, like he forgives the person that assassinated his wife. He doesn't want him, that person to die. And like, so those are the things, I mean, I just like his character, um, his progressive character. Yeah. And then I also think it's kind of interesting how um, San, um, Sandman, how Neil Gaiman weaves Sandman into it. And mm -hmm. talks about stories where, like, you know, for folks who are Christian, uh, you know, Jesus walked among us. And then later on, people wrote books about Jesus that became stories and his and his lore grew. And then now everybody knows about him. Everybody, even if you're not Christian, you could most a lot of people can uh, appreciate the virtues that he stood up for. And I think that's where that's where the Sandman comes in. That's where Neil Gaiman has made Sandman into a storyteller, you know, the mm -hmm. dreams that are stories, you know, it's like, 
I feel like Neil Gaiman and uh, Alan Moore really like um, hung up on stories being like the most important thing in the world, which they are. I agree. Uh, so, or it's one of the most important things. So that's kind of the, what this whole World's End storyline is around. It's five or six issues where characters are thrown together and they're, they're telling each, sto- each other's stories, like in Arabian Nights or Canterbury Tales kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, 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 especially at this era in his life, it seems like the idea of telling stories was really important to Gaiman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really interesting hearing your reactions to this because you're coming to this fresh. I read this comic you know, 30 years ago when it was on the stands mm-hmm. and immediately fell in love with it. And to me, it captures so many things that um, probably didn't even occur to you. Like I was a fan of the original Prez comics for one thing, mm-hmm. which I think are crazy, wild, bizarre comics. Like some of the strangest comics ever to be published by mm-hmm. Joe Simon, Jerry Grandinetti. And they're like, I've always loved them because because of their crazy loopy feel to them. A lot of the stuff that's like surreal elements in Sandman 54, like the idea of the boss being this giant smiley face mm-hmm. is taken directly from the original comic. Yeah. There's even a couple of lines that come from the original comic. Like um, when his mom gives birth to him, she says, I'll name him Prez, it's short for president. Um, and so there was that element like, the, I see the meta in it, and um, you probably haven't read those comics at all. No, I have not. And then I talked, actually met Gaiman around this time at Microsoft. He came to do a talk. You know, sometimes corporations have people come on site and do talks. Oh, wow. and we had a whole bunch of really cool people come, come during that time. And I think it probably was about, well, it was 10 years later or so, I guess, early 2000s. Um, and I picked this comic specifically to ask him to sign, thinking I didn't want to have more, him sign, you know, more than one comic. And we talked about how, in part, this was a reaction to the election of Bill Clinton. Interesting. Mm. And, you know, we all forget Clinton now because, you know, so much has happened since 93, right, with, between Hillary running for president and the mm. whole sex scandal thing with him. But, you know, this comic was written probably shortly after Clinton was inaugurated. Mm. And we forget that he was, I think, the youngest president ever, one of the youngest presidents ever. Mm -hmm. And there was this huge, like, burst of enthusiasm and excitement about finally getting past the greatest generation presidents and having a boomer president. Well, just to kind of, uh, this is so amazing. I will never forget Arsenio Hall. It was on Arsenio Hall, right? Where he started yeah. playing saxophone. Yeah. So much so that I was taking violin. I, I was in, I'd been taking viola, you know, I was in a viola class at school. And I asked my teacher, hey, can I borrow a saxophone so I can learn how to play a saxophone? Just because I saw Bill Clinton play. That oh, that's so great. Wow. Before he got elected. But that's like the most iconic thing I remember. Two things I remember. He really, um, he really excited the young people. I mean, I was a kid and I couldn't vote back then, but I remember he went on MTV and one of the questions a woman asked, a woman asked him was that boxers or briefs. Right. That was the, and then also I remember Arsenio Hall where he played the saxophone with sunglasses on. 
so it's pretty amazing and he was he looked young and he was cool you know yeah i remember that yeah yeah he was relatable too yeah not, and that's totally different like people tease him about liking mcdonald's i'm like why wouldn't yeah. you like mcdonald's right oh yeah that's right it was mcdonald's and then he um i think he was raised by a single mom and yeah. so like, you know like he didn't really come from a traditional like dynasty like the like the bushes or you know other people and stuff yeah he came from a poor family yeah. single mom worked yeah. his way up and he ran against bush who was like you know his dad was a senator yeah yeah and I, yeah yeah it just felt like a new world right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i think there's a little bit of like a satire of like what we all hope hoped mm-hmm. uh clinton would be at that time Mm-hmm. that's kind of built into the story too that gives it this kind of poignance you know especially now 30 years later when i mean god damn the world is just so not idealistic now i don't think we've ever been in a darker time for you know what we think of america well <laughs> in my lifetime in our lifetime yeah let's go yeah. back 120 years <laughs> okay <laughs> good point it's not that long ago there are people alive who was like even in the 50s or 60s 50s and 60s and yeah it's always been a tough but you know yeah so like to me the issue really starts with the cover with that really nice kind of slightly distorted vision of clinton with the television lines you know over his face oh my god that's clinton i always thought it was john john f kennedy well, that's a wow, that's an amazing point right there. I wow. Think about that, right? If you think that's Kennedy, then how appropriate is that that it's actually Clinton, right? Yeah. Well, he, he, yeah, he gave auras of like, he, it remind, he reminded people of Kennedy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and you could see like the wistfulness of Kennedy in this, in the story too. Because mm-hmm. Gaiman's, well, he, he, I'm not sure if he's, when was he born? We probably remembered Kennedy being assassinated. Are you sure that's Clinton? That's crazy. I, I always thought it was, uh, is that by Dave McKeon? That yeah, Dave, Dave McKeon. Oh, interesting. Okay, so yeah, K- Gaiman was born in 1960. So he was only three years old when Kennedy was assassinated. But yeah, um, he told me that that was Clinton. Uh, it was int- like a picture from the Democratic Convention that year or something. Because I always thought that that picture is an ominous picture to cover. I, mean, I love Dave McKeon. That guy is so good. It's an ominous picture because I don't necessarily think that that's a positive. Like, it, I don't. you don't look at that guy on the cover and think that's like a wonderful human being. You think of it as kind of like the Illuminati type of a cover, like kind of like, the, you know, the mark of the beast type of thing. Yeah, those fingers are the fingers are way too long, way yeah. too straight. Like everything's just cut up a little bit. But then inside, <coughs> I don't know. This yeah, it's funny. I read the rest of the of World's End, and this is the only issue I even really liked. The rest of it felt too precious and British to me. Mm-hmm. But this issue, like everything about it, I just just really hit me well from like the very beginning before the all red story when the um, Asian man says, you know, the American you came from, which president, who was president when you left? I didn't leave, well, Clinton, Bill Clinton, before him, Bush. And the guy says, oh, you come from one of those 
America's. You have my sympathy. Mm-hmm. It's like this this kind of lost kind of parallel existence. And then yeah. we get into Prez. And yeah. Allred's art, I think, is just so perfect for this story because everything in Allred always feels so. I know you're a big fan of his. Do you feel that way too? Like everything just feels a little bit perfected. Yeah, they're just pretty people. And actually, Perez looks like Allred. There's some poses they're like, oh, that is Allred. Like he's like a good looking guy, you know? Like he's his own. So it's like, uh, I just like, it's like an attractive way of going. Again, like I wish Laura Allred would have colored it. But mm-hmm. I don't even know if she was coloring back then. But um, yeah, because like that scene where they're looking down from the cliff too, and they see New York underneath it. Mm-hmm. And it says, Boss Smiley showed them all of America from Disneyland to Coney Island, from the concrete mountains to Manhattan, of Manhattan what, to the golf courses of Miami. Like, was, I think she could have colored that differently. Was Boss Smiley a bad guy in the original series, Joe Simon series, too? Yeah, this actually is pretty parallel to what mm-hmm. Simon created in the original, which, by the way, it's available on DC Unlimited if you have the app. Oh, cool. oh by the way, the other thing that, um, I was going to say, uh, well, uh, about the black cat, who's a, that's the character that um, Allred wanted to draw. And that's why Gaiman put him in the book. Oh, that's okay. the one. Sorry, not Perez, but he wanted to draw a black cat. And that's why he's in there. Because I was, I was wondering, like, why is he a celebrity? Like, you know, because he's the reason that, uh, yeah. So we learn a little bit about Prez and again, taken from the original comic, he comes from this town where all the clocks are, don't, uh, it's all full of clocks, but none of the clocks run on time and Prez fixes the clocks. Mm-hmm. And then he quickly We're becomes happy. senator and then quickly becomes president. <laughs> the original book is so fucking weird. What do you think about the, the, the clocks? What does that mean that he's fixing clocks? Is that a symbolism for time or? Yeah, to me, it's about him. Fight, like, we know how to do things, but we we know how to fix things, but we're never quite able to. And here's this almost messiah figure who can come and fix things as if it's easy. Mm. You know, it's a, it's I guess an analogy to politics. Uh, you know, we expect this person to come from above and, like a lightning bolt, make everything all better. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the funny thing about him, again, like, again, the Messiah figure, like somebody who's true to on who's honorable and like true to their convictions, they wanted him to be president again. And then he said, no, he, um, mm-hmm. it kind of like, it reminds me of, you know, the presidency, they had to make at some point FD, like, what was it like? they made it a rule where you can only be two terms. Whereas in before that, it was just about honor. So the presidents, they, out of respect to George Washington, would not run a third term. Right. Until FDR, which FDR was a good president. But again, like after that, they made it the law where it's only two terms. It was a huge controversy in 1940. Mm, interesting. Even though you know, the war was looming, like the one of the things that the Republican nominee was arguing was, you know, no president has ever run for more than two terms. We don't want an imperial president. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting with that in mind that Gaiman and 
Allred have Nixon come to Prez's bedside. Yeah. And kind of lecture him about how a president can't actually do anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing you do in the White House matters, it says, he says. And then Prez almost accidentally fixes that problem. He's able to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Because there's miracles that occur. Yeah. Did you think the whole bit about, you know, in Las Vegas, every slot machine bestowed its jackpots immediately? I feel like that was a little too over the top. <laughs> Many Wait, blind people regained their sight. I mean. Oh, yeah, he is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. A little too messianic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I wasn't really... So the ending when he supposedly dies and goes to heaven, I don't. We don't really know how he dies, right? No. It's all. It's just all conjecture or people just assuming. Yeah, which is another part I love about it. It's like it's just mm-hmm. legends about how he died, yeah. and that's a story. Like I mean, I do feel that there's a direct commentary about Jesus too, where like, you know, people believe that he lived and then he became a legend through stories and dreams. Um, well, I if you look way. at the murder scenes, mm-hmm. every one of them has, he look, his arms are out in a way that you could interpret as crucifixion. That's right. yeah. yeah, it's not overt, but yeah. 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 What were you going to say? I, I love the, the way he draws death too. Yeah. It's just an Allred character. It's so cool. Um, oh, the one thing I didn't like, which, you know, I mean, I don't know. When he goes to heaven, I had a hard time with, like, Boss being there. And it's like, I don't know what, I was trying to figure out what Gaiman was trying to say there. It's like, oh, I hope that's not God. <laughs> and it's not, but. Well, it, and it's weird then, you know, Morpheus comes at that point then breaks the panel borders and says he can go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. And then he's scaring the boss. So like, who was the, who was boss Smiley supposed to be at the heavenly gates? Yeah. And what are those, what are the, the angels around him? I don't get that either. Yeah. I don't really understand why boss Smiley is, I mean, unless he didn't die, unless, and like, you know, death has to, um, kind of abide by the rules of boss smiley too i just didn't i don't know it just kind of a first of all i don't really think it it aligns with as much part of the sad sandman stuff that i've read mm-hmm. because it's like you know there's a hell you know like there's that but it's like boss Smiley. what is that what is that? is it a different dimension is it god in a different dimension and um it didn't make sense to me yeah i just don't really understand that and then i guess he's the god in his his world but yeah none of that really kind of flows for me mm-hmm. why why is it that when he dies he's boss smiley's too you know you're dead you're mine and then suddenly morpheus appears too there's been kind of no hint of him before that mm-hmm. yeah I mean, maybe it's because this is a story someone is telling as opposed to like something necessarily has any logic. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, that could be it. It's just a story. Because there's an unbelievable stuff. The biggest miracle is that he actually got stuff to do and he was able to accomplish things as a president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, all, all Red is the reason I would love this issue. And I need to finish Sandman sometime. Yeah, I'm not sure I need to, honestly. Oh, you haven't read the whole series? I read it all back in the day. Oh, I mean, like, I've never, I've only read the first two trades and a few um, single issues here and there, like the Cats one, which I love too. I think, I think there's going to, if you do read it, like there, there's a, pretty, a few pretty great issues. There's the Cats issue. I really like the issue that's centered around, centered around the French Revolution. Mm. There's another great issue that's, a, that's centered around um, basically the assassination of Julius Caesar, I guess. You could oh. say. Um, and I think there's at least one other issue around there's, Shakespeare. Oh, I love that one. The number 19, I think it is. That's the one where Shakespeare invites all the fairies to see Midsummer Night's Stream. And then, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's the one that won the Hugo Award. Yeah, yeah. And then I've read number 50 also with P. Craig Russell about the, I think the, the Arabian Night stories. Yeah, the Midsummer Night's Dream is Charles Vest. That's a beautiful issue too. Oh, it's Charles Vest. I thought it was. No, fifty Uh-oh. is Russell. Oh, okay. Maybe uh, the uh, Midsummer Nights is Vest. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I think like I remember there's one storyline that's about um, a transgendered character that I wonder how it's gonna how it stand up now. Mm. It would just feel a little dated. But, I mean, this is work from thirty years ago. Yeah. Ooh, uh, thank you. Thank thanks. You. I'm really glad we got to talk about this. It's yeah, me to, too. Great to hear your perspective on it. Thanks, Amir. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs>